so great to be with you guys. I don't know how many of you, when you were younger, you were taught not to trust strangers. Is there anyone? Right? And now, as parents, how many of you are teaching your kids not to trust strangers? You're like, hey, when you go to the mall, like, don't talk to anyone you don't know, right? Don't go in anyone's arms if they're walking to the shops. You're like, hey, don't get in anyone's cars, no matter how nice those sweeties look. Stay away. We even have a saying for our little kids. We say, stranger, stranger, stranger danger, which means if it's a stranger, don't trust them. If it's a stranger, be aware, be careful. Now, that's all good, fine, and dandy, and it's a great thing to teach your kids. But I wonder what happens when there's an element of God that becomes strange to us. Like when there's a, when there's a member of the Trinity that we find strange, there's someone that's a stranger to us. Because if I had to look at the Trinity, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, I would say overwhelmingly, as I've chatted with Christians, there's a member of the Trinity that just seems to be like a stranger to a lot of Christians. And that has to be the Holy Spirit. Like for a lot of Christians, the Holy Spirit is like, you know, they just find him like kind of weird and mysterious and they don't quite know where to put him. They don't quite know how to think about him. Like they get God the Father, because we can imagine a father, a powerful father sitting on a throne. Like we can, we can picture that, right? And they get Jesus Christ, because we've seen thousands of illustrations or paintings of what people think he might have looked like. But then you want them to picture the Holy Spirit and they're like, it's stuck. And they're like, I don't know what he does and I don't know what he is and I don't know how he functions. And, and so because... For many people, the Holy Spirit seems a bit like a stranger. They also don't trust Him, right? They don't lean into Him. This kind of the, this is a part of, of Christianity. They just keep a little bit of distance. Even now, some of you who maybe are visiting for the first time, when I started talking about the Holy Spirit, you were like, oh, is this one of those churches, right? And you're like, you're already looking for the exits, like, because you're in your mind, He's so weird and mysterious that people think like, okay, it's about to get weird. Like that's why they associate with the Holy Spirit, like, okay, it's going to get loony now, right? And maybe it's because of some things we've seen, because not only does he seem like mysterious, but he's also been really misrepresented in the world. He's been so misrepresented in the body of Christ, in churches. And so no, we won't be spraying your face with doom in the name of the Spirit or performing fake resurrections. I mean, I've seen like people rolling around barking like dogs in the name of the Spirit. I, I've been to churches. My sister and I were just sharing stories this morning. I mean, she went to a church where a lady, shame, had broken her leg. And so they brought her on stage and they started to, they wanted to cast the demon out her broken leg. And then they forced her to walk in it and she was clearly in pain and then they rebuked her for not having enough faith. All in the name of the Spirit. I was at a church when I was at Varsity. I took a dance group and we toured around. I was, I was a hip-hop dancer, y'all, back in my day. That's why I can sometimes still bust a move, you know? So uh, we, we had this tour. We went to this massive church in PE. I remember sitting there and they had a guest speaker. And he said, hey, if you fall with the Spirit, come on stage. And so people, like by faith, who were just coming up on the stage and then he started publicly rebuking them. And he'd say, you're not filled with the Spirit. Get off my stage. 
you're not filled. And people were like in tears. And the people that were dance group that come with these young kids were like, what's going on? And so for a lot of people, even the topic of the Holy Spirit scares them. And so for, for many, the Holy Spirit's a bit of a stranger. Like he's the one that they're just not quite sure with. And I think some Christians find themselves in the same place as the Christians that Paul bumped into in Ephesus. So we read about in Acts 19 where he says, he says to them in Acts 19 verse 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, and they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is the Holy Spirit. Okay, like we don't even know, we don't even know, We're like who is this, what is this, what's this about? And so for this series, we've called it, he's got the power, okay? He's got the power. Look at someone say, he's got the power. For this series, what we're doing is we're wanting to really step by step move the Holy Spirit from a stranger to an intimate part of your faith. We want to move him from someone you don't know a lot about. And hopefully in this series, we want to kind of remove the veil of mystery, right? We want to take away the mystery because he doesn't want to be mysterious to you. He wants to be someone who is known. He wants to be part of your everyday life. He wants to be close to you. And so we're going to be looking for many weeks now at the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And today I just want to kind of start as an introduction, like, who is he? Who's the Holy Spirit? And, and it's so difficult trying to do a message and you're like, where do you start? Right? Like, I don't know, you could start in Genesis 1 where the Spirit of God has seen a creation hovering over the waters. That's the first time he's mentioned in the Bible. Uh, you could start in Matthew 1, the first time he's mentioned in the New Testament when he comes to Mary. Uh, but I thought maybe the best place to start would be to hear from the words of Jesus himself, the first time Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit. And what I find significant about this is you have one member of the Trinity, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, introducing to us who the third member of the Trinity is, the Holy Spirit. And who better, guys, who better to tell us who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is than Jesus Christ himself? And so let's go hear some of the words of how did Jesus introduce the Holy Spirit? What did Jesus find important in telling us about the Holy Spirit? Because I think in this, you and I can get real clarity on who he is and what he does. And so let's read that together in John 14. Again, all the notes are preloaded on the New Life app that's available in the both stores. Okay. In John 14 from verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. Okay, so the first real thing we want to pick out about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit isn't a force. Those of you who are Star Wars fans, right? By the force be with you. The Holy Spirit is nothing like that. He's not a force. He's not like the magnetic field. He's not a force like gravity. He's not just this force that emanates off the throne of God. No, the Holy Spirit is actually 
a person. Look at someone and say, he's a person. When we say he's a person, we're not saying he's a human being. We mean he operates as an individual person, as a separate member of the Trinity. He is a person. When Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit there in John 14 that we just read, he doesn't call him it. He uses male pronouns. He is a he. Right? The Holy Spirit's a he. He's not just some wind or some fire or some fog or some cloud. That's not who he is. He's an individual. He is a person. In fact, we see right throughout Scripture, as you carry on reading, many, many attributes given to the Holy Spirit. They can actually only be given to a person. I want to pull out a few. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will teach you, right? A false can't teach. In John 15, 26, it says that he will testify of Jesus. In John 16, verse 8, it says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. In the same chapter, in verse 13, it says that the Holy Spirit will guide, that he will speak, that he will tell. In verse 15 of chapter 16, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will take what is his and give it to you. We're told in Scripture that he has a mind, that he has a will, that he said to love, that he can pray, that he can be grieved in Ephesians 4, that he can be insulted in Hebrews 10, that he can be lied to in Acts 5. Okay, these things clearly describe a person who teaches, who talks, who can be insulted and lied to. And if you're going to have a relationship with God, it's going to involve a very personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can have a relationship with Him because He's a person. Listen, you can't have a relationship with your toaster. Wow, I hope not. If you do, come for prayer. Okay. But you can't have a relationship with your toaster. You can't, have, you can't be insulted by gravity. Right? You can't lie to the magnetic field. Okay, you can't do these kinds of things to forces. You can only do these kind of things to people. Jesus very clearly describes the functions of the Holy Spirit, and so we know he is a person, number one. Second thing we see from Jesus is that not only is the Holy Spirit a person, he is a divine person. Look at someone and say, he's divine. Now, I know we use that word in English quite loosely to, like, describe a good dessert. But that's not what divine means. Divine actually means godly. God himself is divine. So when we say that the Holy Spirit is a divine person, what we're saying is the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. Remember, he's part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three members of the Trinity are God. They have the same essence, same core, but then they exist in three different distinct personalities, the Holy Spirit being one of them. He's not some lesser form of God. He's not some lesser spiritual being. It's not like the angels, and he's certainly not like you and I. He is God. He is divine. In Scripture, we see he possesses all the same qualities of God because he is God. So he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's, he knows all things, omniscient, right? This is, he's all-powerful God. 
In fact, Jesus tells us that he comes right from the Father in John 15, 26. He says, but I will send you the help of the Spirit of truth, and he will come to you from where? From the Father, and he will testify all about me. The Holy Spirit is divine. He is God. Look at someone and say, the Holy Spirit is God. This is a wonder of the Trinity, right? The complexity of the Trinity, that, that God exists in three separate persons, but they share the same core essence, three in one. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, not only is the Holy Spirit a person, and not only is He God, but we're going to see from Jesus' teachings that the Holy Spirit is a divine person that actually helps us. Look at someone and say, he helps you. And I just love that helps available, guys. We just heard this morning the statistics of how many people are in a bad place. Last week I spoke on suffering. And we saw that suffering is going to be part of the human condition. Like it's not going anywhere. And so the reality is we need help. We need help in our relationships. We need help in our mental health, in our emotions, in our thinking. We need help in our businesses. We need help in our health. We need help with our kids. Can all the parents say amen? Amen. 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 We need help. Okay. So here's the good news of the Holy Spirit. You have the help. The Holy Spirit is a divine person that helps us. I mean, I want you to look at the name Jesus chose to call the Holy Spirit. Because in the Bible, the Holy Spirit's given lots of titles. And Jesus could have called him any of these things. I mean, he could have called him the spirit of counsel that we get from Isaiah 11, or the spirit of wisdom, or the spirit of might, or the spirit of knowledge, or the eternal spirit, like it says in Hebrews 9, or God, like it says in Acts 5, or the good spirit, like it says in Nehemiah 9, or Lord, like it says in 2 Corinthians 3, or the highest power, like it says in Luke 1, or the spirit of adoption, like it says in Romans 8, or the spirit of glory, like it says in 1 Peter 4. But instead of using all those titles that the Bible refers to as the Holy Spirit, when Jesus wants to introduce the Holy Spirit to us, he calls him the helper. In fact, four times in just those few verses, Jesus reiterates this. He is the helper. He is the helper. Out of all the titles Jesus could have used, I love that he, he uses this one because we need help. Right? I don't know if you've ever been right at your breaking point where you thought, man, if one more bad thing happens to me, I'm not going to survive this. You know what you need? A helper. I don't know if you've been so overcome with temptation in your life that you feel so trapped by it. You know what you need? A helper. I don't know if you've ever been addicted to something and you felt like it has control over you. You are a slave to it. You know what you need? A helper. I don't know if you've ever struggled with purity, ever struggled to walk in righteousness, ever struggled to follow Jesus. You know what you need? A helper. And so you know what Jesus gives you? He gives you a helper. You have a helper. This is the good news about the Holy Spirit. He's here to help you. You know, getting into the kingdom of God is pretty easy. Getting in, uh, it just means believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and acknowledging Him in your heart that He lived and died and rose again. Like it's, it's easy to get in, but then once you're in the kingdom, <laughs> the tricky part is living now like a child of God. Living like royalty. 
walking that path that we've been talking about the last three weeks. Being an active disciple, that, that's a bit tricky. That, that, that's a bit harder. And I want to tell you that you're not going to be able to follow Jesus without the help of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to do that effectively. You're not going to be able to live like God's royalty without the help of the Holy Spirit. You need help, and we have it. In fact, that word helper, when Jesus says, I will give you a helper, is a Hebrew word, paraclete. Everyone say paraclete. And paraclete, some of you might be familiar with that word. We've spoken about it here. Maybe a church you're a part of has spoken about it too. But it could be translated in many different ways. And so I want you to, to realize what this covers. Helper, paraclete, means advocate, a counselor, a comforter, an exhorter, an intercessor, an encourager. It's often used in the legal profession as someone who would represent you in court. Do you know that you have someone who would represent you, a good friend who will come to your defense, someone who will help you win the case in life? And that is the Holy Spirit. He's a divine person that helps us. I love how the Amplified Bible says it. It says he's one called to stand constantly by us, who is ready to take part in everything in which help is needed. You have a helper. I mean, I want you to think about where Jesus was giving this conversation in John 14. You might remember from last week that John 14 is, we, we're finding Jesus here at the Last Supper. He's here at the table with his disciples, and he's just told them that he's leaving. He's just told these guys he's been walking three and a half years with, these guys that he's called to ministry, these guys that follow him because he's their rabbi. He's just told them he's going, he's leaving. They were, they were cut up by it. They were emotional by it. They had just lost something. And it's in this state of grief and loss that Jesus introduces to them the one who will help them. And I want to say, if you're in a similar state, if you're facing loss, if you're facing grief, if you're facing pain, you have a helper. He has already been sent, and he's available to you. And I want to show you some of the ways he helps right here from John 14. The first thing we see is that he is an active helper. Look at someone and say, the Holy Spirit is active. This is what Jesus says again and again four times, that when the helper comes, he will do this. When the helper comes, he will do that. When the helper comes, he will do this. When the helper comes, he will do, like Jesus says four times, when he comes, he's gonna do things. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not here just to observe you. He's not a watcher. He's a doer. He's an active helper. He's come into your life to make a change. He's come into your life to guide you. He's come into your life to change you. He's actually come to transform you, to make you into an entirely brand new creation. He's active. He's not distant. He's not just observing. He's here. He's active. He's moving. And so no matter what, what, what you're going through in your life, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, He's here to help. He's here to help. He's here to help. He's, he's not like waiting for you to fight for his attention. He's active in your life. Second thing about him helping us is that we actually have a helper who's just like Jesus. Look at someone and say, he's just like Jesus. I want to pull up John 14, 16 again. 
When Jesus says, I'll pray that the Father will give you, then he uses this word, another helper. Everyone say another. You know that word in the original context, it means another that is exactly the same as before. Who's Jesus talking about? Himself. He's saying to his disciples, I'm gonna send you another one who's exactly like me. If you wanna know what the Holy Spirit is like, look to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is exactly like him. I'm gonna send you another one that's exactly like me. We have a helper that's just like Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't have to have this mystery around him. What would he do? How would he act? What would he say? Just look to Jesus and you'll know the character of the Holy Spirit. Look to Jesus and you'll know the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. Look to Jesus and you'll know the actions of the Holy Spirit. He's just like Jesus. And I want to kind of really press down on this because I've heard the sentiment from believers and I've felt it the same. The sentiment that, oh, if only we could go back 2,000 years and like sit at the feet of Jesus, wouldn't that be wonderful? To be able to follow Jesus around for three and a half years, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great to be able to like go hear all Jesus' sermons and, and hear his one-on-one interactions? Wouldn't it be great? And yes, it would be great, but Jesus also wants to make it very clear that you have him in the Holy Spirit today, here. You have him walking with you. You have him teaching you. You have him doing life with you. Everything that, the Holy, that Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit wants to be to you. He wants to be there to you now. And so just like the disciples turned to Jesus for everything, you and I are now meant to turn to the Holy Spirit for everything. Just like Jesus said to the disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Now we know without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing, nothing of value, nothing good, nothing eternal. He's a helper just like Jesus. And let me give you some examples of how Jesus helped his disciples. Well, first of all, he helped them pray. Everyone say, he helped them pray. Jesus helped his disciples pray. Remember that interaction where uh, Jesus' disciples hear that John has taught his disciples how to pray. So they turn to Jesus and say, well, you teach us how to pray. And so Jesus teaches them, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, the Lord's Prayer. Well, what's beautiful is that Jesus is saying, you still have that in your life. You still have someone now who's gonna help you in your prayer life. We're told this in Romans chapter eight, verse 26. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't know if you've ever got to that place where you've run out of words with God in your prayers. You've either prayed so many times about this, you don't even know if you can pray it again, or you're just in too much pain, or you're overwhelmed by emotions, or you see someone going through some pain, and you don't know what's causing it in their life, and you're like, God, I don't even know how to pray for them, I don't know what's going on. Well, here's the beautiful activity of the Holy Spirit. When you don't know what to pray, He still knows. In fact, He will pray for you in groanings at words won't even understand. You won't even understand what he's saying. He will groan for you when you're in pain. You know, this verse has very often been quoted when it comes to speaking in tongues. Now, there's many verses in the Bible that speak into speaking in tongues. Unfortunately, this isn't one of them. In fact, if you look at it again, what it's really saying is not that the Holy Spirit will pray through you, 
with groanings that you don't understand. No, no, no. What it's saying is that the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf. How beautiful is this? When you're in a pain, when you're in a place of pain, when you can't, when you've run out of words, when you don't know what to say, actually the Holy Spirit will now pray on your behalf. Talk about helping you in your prayer life. You have a helper in your prayer life. Even when you don't know what to pray, he still knows what to pray. Another way Jesus helped his disciples was by teaching them. He taught them. He spent three and a half years teaching them. They listened to the sermons and the parables, and he taught into their life situations. He matured them. He challenged them. He schooled them. He matured them in the same way the Holy Spirit wants to teach you because he's just like Jesus. So we read this when Jesus is introducing him in John 14. Let's read it again from verse 25. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends a helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. Everyone say, he will teach you. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. You see, we have a helper now who's just like Jesus. And what Jesus did for his disciples, the Holy Spirit now does for you individually. The difference is we don't have to clamor for Jesus' attention in a crowd of thousands. Every one of us now has the Spirit of God personally, individually. You have him just teaching you, just praying for you, just one and one. That's why Jesus said, hey, it's even better if I go because I couldn't split myself into three billion parts, but the Holy Spirit... When he comes, he can be with each of you individually. He can have three billion conversations all at once in all the languages of the world. You now have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. You have direct access to him. You have a helper who's divine, who's just like Jesus, who's active. And another quality we see is that he's permanent. Look at someone and say, he's not going anywhere. The Holy Spirit is not going to be here one day and then leave the next. He's here. He's permanent. If you look again in John 14, 16, Jesus says that he will never leave you. He's never going to leave you. He's not only going to be with you for the beginning part of your faith and then when you're 18, he's going to kick you out the house. No. He's not going to wait till you get to a certain part of your maturity and then say, okay, you don't need me anymore. No. He's not going to look at how you're living and be like, ooh, I don't want to hang around that. No. He will never leave you. He is a permanent helper. And this really sets him apart from what we see in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would only come upon people to perform a specific task. And once a task was done, he would leave. So he would fill them for a purpose for an assignment, for a mission, and then he would leave. And we see him leaving in many places. One place, uh, 1 Samuel 16, when it says the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And this was bad news, guys, because Saul was the king of the country. He needed the wisdom and help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit had left him. And so you see David, even in Psalm 51, he's kind of freaking out. He's like, Lord, after David sinned, he's like, don't leave me now. He saw what happened to Saul. And he's like, don't leave me too. The beautiful thing is that's never a prayer that a New Testament Christian has to pray. 
Because the Holy Spirit doesn't anymore just come on us for a task. He doesn't anymore just come upon us for a purpose or for a function. He is now an active helper who is permanently with you. Jesus has promised he will never leave you. And so whether you feel it or not, whether you sense it or not, he's there. It's a promise of God to never leave. He's gonna be with you through every trial, through every heartache, through every choice you make, through every disappointment and the good times and the bad times, he's there. When you mess up and when you get it right, he's there. All your time on earth, all the way to your time in heaven, he's there. He's a permanent helper. And the last thing we see about his character is that this active, permanent helper who's just like Jesus is also full of truth. He's a truthful helper. Look at someone and encourage him with that. Say, he's a truthful helper. The Holy Spirit is a truthful helper. You know that three times, just in this section, Jesus refers to this helper as the spirit of truth. And guys, we need this now, I think, more than ever. In a world full of confusion and conspiracy theories and fake news and all the stuff going around where we can't make A from B and we don't really know what's going on, we don't really know the truth, if we're not careful, we can be very easily deceived, very easily misled, very easily lied to. What we need now is someone to help us when it comes to truth. And what we have now is someone who will help us. He is the spirit of truth, which means as you come to the Holy Spirit, he will never lie to you. He doesn't know how. He is himself the spirit of truth. He will lead you to all truth. He will never deceive you. He will never manipulate you. He will lead you to all truth. And it's such an important part of our faith that we have the spirit of truth active. We can't look at the Holy Spirit and say, stranger danger. We can't afford to keep him away. We can't afford to be skeptical, skeptical about him. We, we can't afford to have him clouded behind mystery and like, oh, I don't know if I want that part of my Christianity. No, you need the spirit of truth. He's good for you. You need help. He's good for you. He's a present, permanent, truthful helper that is just like Jesus. He's a divine person who's here for you now. Jesus says in John 14, 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The good news is we don't have to be like those Christians in Ephesus that Paul bumped into and said, do you know about the Holy Spirit? Is that we have all the truth here. We're told clearly who he is. And now we're invited to do life with him. And I want to say for every one of you listening, and there's so many places you could be listening right now, here in the minor hall, on the radio, on the podcast, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you are, in your living room, in your pajamas, or in a suit, here's what I want to say, is that if you have become a Christian already, then you have the, the presence of the Holy Spirit with you already. He comes in at salvation, he makes his home at salvation. You already have the Holy Spirit with you. You have his presence. Now we're gonna see in this series that you can also invite his power into your life. And we invite his power into our lives through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's okay if you haven't quite figured that out yet. 
We're going to be covering that in this series and even giving you an opportunity to get baptized. But what I want to make very clear is that even if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit yet, you still have the Spirit of God with you. He comes and lives inside you at salvation, which means right now today, if you are saved, you have a very active, very permanent, very truthful helper in your life who is just like Jesus. You are not alone in your struggles. You are not alone in your trials. You're not alone in your confusion or your pain. You have a person who is divine actively working in your life. He's there for you. He's actively working for you. And so I beg of you, don't keep him far off. Bring him close. Let's start to develop and cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let's make room, like we sung this morning, let's make room for him to move in our lives. It's so powerful when we invite him in. You're not meant to do this alone. And the member of the Trinity who's here with you today is the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want to invite you to close your eyes. And right now, just in this moment, I'm gonna invite you to pray to the Holy Spirit. For some of you, you've never done that. For others, maybe it's been a little while since you had a conversation with Him. But I think it's so important that we do that today, that you speak to Him today. Let me remind you, He is a divine person. He's here to help you. I want you to picture Him. He's here to help you. He's active. He wants to be active in your life. He doesn't just want to be an observer. He's permanent. He's not going to leave you, even if you haven't quite figured out this Christian thing, you know, even if you're not quite living right yet. He's, he's not going to leave you. He's permanent. He's not going to give up on you. He's, he's truthful. And even now in your life, He wants to lead you to truth, he wants to lead you to the right path, the right way of doing things. And He's just like Jesus. In other words, what Jesus did for his disciples, he wants to do to you. He wants to teach you and pray for you and intercede for you and strengthen you and encourage you. You're not meant to do this alone. You're meant to do this with the help of our paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And so in these moments, I want you to maybe just pray a prayer. If, you, so if this is something you're wanting to do, you can just pray this quietly in your heart. You can whisper this out loud is maybe you could just pray a prayer where you invite the Holy Spirit to come and be known. You might just wanna say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you in my life. Thank you for being active. Thank you for being permanent. Thank you for being here with me. I invite you to speak to me. I invite you to touch my life. I invite you to shape me and correct me and change me and teach me and strengthen me and pray for me. Be an active part of my life, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are seeing this open invitation today, that you would make room. God, that there would be room in people's lives for you to move, that you would show them your presence and your character and your power, Holy Spirit. We want to do life with you. We don't want you far away. We do not want you to be a stranger to us. You are the one with who now we do life with. So we invite you in 
God, I'm thankful for your word in James that tells us that if we draw close to you, you draw close to us. I pray in this series, God, that there would be that closeness happening, that drawing in happening. And so as an act of faith, we're gonna stand and just sing those songs, those words again that I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Can you stand to your feet? I'm gonna ask that no one leave now unless you're, unless you're serving somewhere. Let's just really spend this time with the Holy Spirit. Let's invite Him to do whatever He wants to do in our lives, our active, permanent, truthful helper that is just like Jesus. Amen.